We're holding Masechus Demai, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Base 1 2. The Perak continues on discussing the leniencies that apply to Demai with respect to normal untied produce. And this Mishnah will focus either primarily or exclusively on the leniencies with respect to the Miser Shani that has to be redeemed off of that Demai before the Demai can be eaten. So, as we said in the previous Mishnah, in the introduction, <clears throat> we're worried about two separate things in Demai. The bottom line is first we have to take essentially 1% of the food out of the demai as trumas meiser. And secondly, uh, we have to redeem any potential meiser sheni onto a coin before eating that demai. Now, meiser sheni is subject to a number of restrictions, midoraisa, but they are in many instances um, relaxed. If the meiser sheni we're talking about is meiser sheni removed from demai, because remember, demai is only midorabanan, midoraisa, since most of the food supply in the time of the Mishnah, was properly tied, including the Maeser Shani. There's only a second attempt at removing Maeser Shani out of Suffolk, out of doubt, um, which might be rabbinically required, um, but nevertheless, the rabbis were lenient in their requirements. So therefore, the Mishnah says, Hadamai, when it comes to Damai, ain't lo chomesh. There is no requirement for chomesh. So let's learn this just as talking about uh, Maeser Shani, although that's contentious, but if we learn it's just Maeser Shani, what we're talking about here is this. When one redeems the Kedusha off of Maeser Shani food, he's Mechalel, he deconsecrates the food, transferring whatever Kedusha that would have been on the Maeser Shani onto coins of the value of whatever we're talking about. So that would mean, if for argument's sake, there is four shekels worth of Maeser Shani here, so then he would need to take four shekels um, of coins and transfer the four shekels of value of the Maeser Shani onto those four shekel coins, and then he could take those four shekel coins up to Jerusalem to purchase foodstuffs over there. Now, the rule is that if a person is deconsecrating, redeeming his own Maeser Shani, he needs to add um, a fifth coin for every four that he redeems worth of value. That is to say, if he's redeeming four shekels worth of Maeser Shani value, he actually has to put that onto five shekels with an extra surcharge. That surcharge is called a chomesh, an extra fifth, because he adds a fifth coin for every four coins. In English, we translate that as a 25% surcharge, a quarter surcharge, because he's adding 25% of the value of four to be five. But Chazal looked at it as uh, the total amount. He'll bring a total of five coins up to Jerusalem, um, four of which were the karen, the principal amount, the value of the Meister Shani, and the fifth coin is the surcharge. So Chazal referred to that as a chomish. Now, uh, the chomish is required uh, as a separate obligation, but it's not ma'akev. That is to say, if a person who had four shekels worth of Meister Shani redeems it onto just four shekels instead of the five shekels, um, that redemption does still work. It is effective, um, Bediyavid. So we have to differentiate between the chomish, the extra fifth coin that's added for every four, and the karen, the original first four coins. Um, just a point of clarification, the obligation to add that fifth coin as a surcharge only applies if one is redeeming his own produce. If one is redeeming someone else's produce, uh, then there's no requirement, there's no need of adding a fifth coin. In any case, so here the mission will say that since the requirement to add a fifth coin is only a separate extrinsic obligation, separate from the basic obligation to redeem the care and the principal value of the Maeser Shani. And since Medoraise, it would work. Abidiyevit, if he did only do the principal amount without adding the surcharge of the fifth. So um, the rabbis are lenient when it comes to Demai, and they said if a person um, has Demai and he has to remove the Maeser Shani, since it's very possible 
there's no obligation to remove Maitre Shini at all because most Demai was tied properly. The rabbis were lenient and said he must deconsecrate the Maitre Shini that might be embedded in the Demai, but he need not add that Chomesh surcharge, even if it's his own produce that he is deconsecrating. A second leniency with the Demai Maitre Shini is Bein Lil Bior. There's no obligation of Bior. The obligation called Bior Maitre, the destruction of the tithes, is that, as I said in the introduction, the agricultural cycle in Jewish law is seven years long, the seventh year being the Shemitah year, where there are no tithes required. The other six years are actually divided into two mini-cycles of three years each. And we said that in the first three years, years one and two are Meiser Shani years, and that food is, as we said, taken up to Jerusalem and eaten there, that's our topic of our Mishnah. And that third year is Maestro Ani. Instead of taking food to Jerusalem, it's given to poor people. That was the topic of the last parak uh, of Peah. And again, in years four, five, and six, the first two years, years four and five are Maestro Shani years, and the sixth year is again a Maestro Ani year. Um, when each of those mini-cycles comes to an end, there's an obligation, a deadline, to have given away all of one's tithes. That is to say, um, the... Truma Gadola and the Trumas Mice that goes to the Kohanim, and the Mice that goes to Levi, and the Mice that goes to the poor person, and the Mice Shani that should be eaten in Jerusalem, or the coins which have the Kedusha of the Mice Shani, they all have to be used up by the deadline. And if they're not used up by that deadline, they have to be destroyed, or at least removed out of one's possession. So that deadline happens at the uh, beginning of Pesach, of the fourth and seventh year of that seven-year cycle. So there's a deadline, let's say, on year four, come Ere Pesach, or according to some versions of the Mishnah and how the Ramah Paskins, the seventh day of Pesach, that's the hard deadline. And any remaining Truma, Maeser, Maeser Shene, Maeser Ani, or coins that had Maeser Shene Kedusha must be destroyed, if not used, given, consumed as appropriate by then. Which would mean, under normal circumstances, if one has Maeser Shene coins that were used to redeem bona fide Maeser Shene, if at the deadline of Arab Pesach of years four and seven, they hadn't been deconsecrated back onto food and consumed in Jerusalem, those coins would have to be, say, thrown into the Dead Sea and gotten rid of. The Mishnah here says that we are lenient with coins that redeemed Maitre Shani from Demai, and they have no hard deadline. They have no beer. Those coins need not be destroyed. That's the Mishnah saying. They ain't no beer. The coins to redeem Maitre Shani do not need to be destroyed at the beer Maitre's deadline. Next, the Mishnah says, It may be eaten by an onen. An onen is a person who lost one of his seven close relatives, that is his father, mother, sister, brother, son, daughter, or wife. Talking about unmarried sister, by the way. So on the day that that relative dies, a person is called an onen. Um, It's almost like a precursor of of the Avelis period, and it lasts the day of the death, and they're abundant extending into the night after that first day. In any case, there's a prohibition of a onen, person such a state, from eating Maeser Shani. However, while that's true with bona fide Maeser Shani, Maeser Shani taken from Demai has no such restriction. And that's what the Mishnah means when it says, onen, that the Maeser Shani taken from Demai can be eaten by a person who is an onen. Next, the Mishnah says, which means it can go into Jerusalem and come out again. I'll learn this according to the Bartanura. What we're referring to here is Demai that goes into Jerusalem that has embedded Maeser Shani. It can go out of Jerusalem again. What's that mean? 
When it comes to bona fide Meister Shani, the Torah doesn't allow for a person to deconsecrate their Meister Shani food onto coins in Jerusalem. And the rabbis extended that to say that once Meister Shani food entered Jerusalem, it may not leave Jerusalem again. <clears throat> the question then becomes, um, may Tevel, just food that hasn't been had any ties removed from it, that's brought into Jerusalem, come out again? Because there's Meister Shani embedded in there? And the answer is rabbinically, no, it may not. However, if the food we're talking about is not regular food that has been untithed, Tevel, but Domai, questionably tithed foods, here the Mishnah says, according to the Bartanura, the Pshad is, one may, yes, take that food out of Jerusalem, even though the uh, Meister Shani has not been removed from it, and he could still redeem that Meister Shani out of the Demai, even though it had been in Jerusalem and left its walls. Because again, the normal rule is when it comes to bona fide Tevel or Meister Shani, the walls of Jerusalem are colette, they hold, so to speak, they hold that requirement to eat the Meister Shani as is, and the Maishini can no longer be redeemed. So the Mishnah here is saying we're lenient, and we're saying, according to Batanura, that the Ma'ad that enters into Jerusalem can be taken out again, and it's still legitimate to redeem the Maishini out of that Demai, notwithstanding the fact it was in Jerusalem. The Mishnah continues on, Uma'ablin esmi utu which means one may, literally one may destroy a bit of it along the way. Here we're talking about traveling up to Jerusalem. Now, there are two shots in the Bartanura. The first is that if a person is going to Jerusalem, and along the way he sees some Meister Shani, some bona fide Meister Shani, he's not allowed to leave it on the side of the road. He must bring it up to Jerusalem with him. Can't leave it to get eaten by the wild animals, etc. Um, however, we're lenient when it comes to the Meister Shani that came from Demai. That is to say, if a person passed some Meister Shani that someone else left behind, and the Meister Shani was Demai Meister Shani, so he is allowed to leave it be and not take it up to Jerusalem with him. That's a leniency. That's the first shot of the Bartanura. The Bartanura's second shot, like the Rambam, is that we're talking about um, small loss that happens in transferring one's own Meister Shani up to Jerusalem. The idea being if you had Demai, then you extracted the Meister Shani out of it, and then a little bit of that, somehow that Meister Shani food got, you know, it evaporated, or it was this, there was a small drip or something. One need not go to any sort of, you know, superhuman efforts to prevent any loss in one's Meister Shani, if that Meister Shani is the Maya Meister Shani. But, however, if it were real bona fide Meister Shani, Midoraisa, then one would have to do whatever's in his power to prevent even the smallest bit of it from getting lost uh, along the way. Mishnah continues, V'nosno la'am ha'aretz, one may give his Meister Shani that came from Demai to an am ha'aretz. And Roman, the rule is, when it comes to Meister Shani, you may not give it to an Amha'aretz. An Amha'aretz is someone who hasn't formally accepted upon himself the rules of uh, keeping Tahor. And therefore, even though we don't think an Amha'aretz is a liar or deceitful, but we do think he's ignorant. Even though he's well-meaning and intends to be Tahor when he says he's Tahor, he may well be mistaken and be, still be tummy. That being the case, since there's a requirement to eat Meister Shani B'Tahara, and the Amha'aretz can't be assumed to be Tahor, it's forbidden to give Meister Shani to an Amha'aretz eat. However, if we're talking, as our Mishnah is, about the Meister Shani that comes from Demai, the rabbis were lenient and said one could give that Meister Shani food to an Amha'aretz, since probably it's not really a Meister Shani, and therefore probably it's not a problem uh, for this Amha'aretz to eat it 
even if he is Tame, uh, which of course he may not be anyways. The Mishnah continues on by saying, V'yochal kenegdo, which literally means, and he will eat um, a parallel amount to it. This is quite hard to understand. The meaning of the Mishnah is that if a person gives, you know, whatever it is, an apple that's Meister Shani to an Ahma Arts, um, and that is permissible in the event that the apple was taken from Demai, meaning a Demai set of apples, and one apple was taken off with Meister Shani, one may give it to the Ahma Arts, but if he does, when he goes to Jerusalem, he has to eat an extra apple from Chulin, just a generic apple from the marketplace or from his, his uh, reservoir of apples, as if it were Meister Shani, meaning he has to eat that apple, the Tahara, in the walls of Jerusalem, like, so to speak, you know, an extra apple, as if it were Meister Shani to, as it were, compensate for the apple that was given away to the Amharats. That's the shot in the Mishnah. The question is, why would that be necessary? What could it help? Whether the Amharats was or wasn't Tomei, this is no way to sort of fix that. It doesn't have any impact on that. They're just adding an extra apple and pretending it's uh, Meister Shani. So one explanation given to Chazonish is that we want to give some kind of economic disincentive for abusing this leniency of the rabbis. That is to say, the rabbis did allow you to give your Meister Shani from Demai to an Amaretz, but they didn't want you to do it um, without any skin in the game, so to speak, just, you know, willy-nilly without any um, hesitation or any, you know, any downside. And therefore, they said at least um, as some kind of um, disincentive, uh, so they shouldn't uh, do it too much, that if you do give Meister Shani that came from Demai to an Amaretz, you have to have some kind of economic disincentive and sort of supplement um, your eating in Jerusalem with an extra parallel amount. Uh, the mission continues on. Umachal naso kesef al kesef, nechoshes al nechoshes, kesef al nechoshes, nechoshes al peros. One may, says the Mishnah, uh, transfer the Kedusha from one silver coin to another silver coin. That would mean that if a person had his, you know, barrels of wine and there was Meister Shani, he bought the barrels of wine as Demai, he wants to remove the Meister Shani, and he wants to then take that. Meister Shani wine, not in the form of wine, but as coins, he can transfer the Kedusha from the Meister Shani and the Demai wine onto a coin. Um, and now we're saying that he could also, if he needed that coin or wanted to remove it off that coin, he could transfer it to a different coin um, of another silver coin. Now the rule is when it comes to bona fide Meister Shani, that's not allowed. A person may not transfer from one silver coin to another silver coin unless the second silver coin has greater currency than the first silver coin, let's say it's, a, it's more accepted in that region, or it's a new king, etc., then it would be allowed. Otherwise, one may not just keep on transferring willy-nilly, um, but one may transfer from one silver coin to another silver coin um, of equal, you know, equal currency as a leniency for Meister Shani who came from Demai. Same goes on Nechosh, Sel Nechoshes. You can transfer from one copper coin to another copper coin, which would be prohibited when it comes to standard bonafide Meister Shani. Kesev on the Choshes. Normally, uh, silver is considered to be more current, more easy to transfer and purchase things than copper coins, um, and therefore actually might uh, allow for cheaper purchase of foodstuff if purchased in silver as opposed to copper, and therefore it's prohibited to transfer from silver to copper when it comes to the Kedusha that was taken off of bonafide Meister Shani, but here it's just rabbinic Meister Shani because of Demai, and therefore we're lenient. And even one can transfer from Nechoshes 
alheperos, from a copper coin, onto other foodstuffs. That is to say, he could, let's say he had a copper coin that had the kadusha of Meiser Shani that came from Demai. So he could take that kadusha and transfer from the copper coin onto another foodstuff, you know, whatever it is, you know, a barrel of wheat. And then later on, perhaps take the barrel of wheat to eat in Jerusalem or not. So as we'll see more in the Mishnah. But the point is that now we've got a the cycle has been from Demai food onto a coin and from the coin back onto a different food. We're saying that's still legitimate. Certainly not legitimate when it comes to bona fide Meister Shani, but yes, allowed for Meister Shani that came from Demai. Now, the next words of the Mishnah, as we have the Girsa, is Ubilvaj Yachazor Viyifte Esaperos. Provided that one doesn't bring that, say, barrel of wheat up to Jerusalem to eat it there, but rather he exchanges the Kedusha, transferring it off the barrel of wheat back onto new coins. That's because the Pasuk requires that one go to Jerusalem with in the coins in hand, and specifically coins, not foodstuffs. So Mayor, according to this gear, so requires that it go back into coins before going to Jerusalem. The Girsa, the version of the Mishnah, according to the Bartanura and others, and uh, for, for good reason, for various kashas, understands that that word uh, ubilvaj should be taken out, and the shin should be changed to a vav, so the Mishnah should read, according to the, the Bartanura's Girsa, unachoshos ala peros, you can transfer from a silver coin that had the Kedusha of Meister Shani from Demai onto some kind of food, like the barrel of wheat, and v'yachas or v'yifte esaperos, Remeir, Remeir holds, if you want to, you are allowed to, yet again, transfer from the barrel of wheat onto another coin, a second coin. You don't have to. You could if you want to. So there's two versions of Remeir. Either way, the Chacham disagree and the Chacham say, Yala haperos the Chacham hold that you must take that barrel of wheat, in my example, to Jerusalem and eat it there. In other words, that's the end. You could take it onto a coin once, but not to a second time. And therefore, the wheat as is must be taken to Jerusalem. So if you're following, it will come out then. But according to the version of the Mishnah, as we have it in front of us, Rabbi Meir is machmir, and he requires that the barrel of wheat be re-deconsecrated back onto a coin, and specifically coins must come to Jerusalem. The rabbis are lenient, saying, no, you don't have to do that. Um, the other version of Rameir, Rameir is the makel. He's being lenient. He says, if you want to, you can leave it as is. If you want, you can convert it to coins. And the Chum say, no, it's not your choice. You must bring those fruits up as are, and uh, that, that barrel of wheat, and eat it in Jerusalem. You can't do a second deconsecration to a new coin. Halach, of course, like the Chachamim.